Welcome to CEO Money. I'm Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. All right. I have Jordan Shapiro. He is the Senior Managing Director of the BackRock Group. Jordan, welcome to the show. And Eve Edwards, thank you for the introduction. Thanks for having me, Michael. All right. I'm glad you're here. Give us some background on you, what you do, why you're so different from anybody in your industry sector. And then I want to talk to you about some of the trends that you're encountering in your industry. Absolutely. 15 years in financial services executive search, the last 10 of which have been with the BackRack Group. We execute bespoke searches for investment banks, asset managers, large hard money managers like pension funds and endowments. And we do that differently by truly looking to understand what our clients are trying to achieve by making a hire, whether it's in addition to staff or a replacement, and identifying the individuals that can help them to accomplish those goals in the most cost-effective and yield-driven manner. What are the trends that you're seeing emerge in your industry? The areas that were previously difficult to hire in are only becoming more difficult to hire while certain areas of financial services and banking continue to die a, quite a slow death as products move forward, as investment strategies and styles move forward. So the challenges in attracting good talent to the organization will never get easier. And that doesn't just have an impact from the job market. It has an impact with the way banking is going in general. Tell me about the, you know, really the, the importance of the talent that needs to come to an organization, in your words. I mean, we all get some of the idea, the better people, the better product, the better service, the better company, the better bottom line. But give us some insight on that. Well, most banks and money managers are essentially two things. They're people and their access to capital. So assuming the access to capital is determined by factors that I certainly have no impact on, it really comes down to the human capital at the end of the day. So if you want to be a better investor, a better lender, a better money manager, you need people that are going to set that bar higher than where your competition is at. So whether that's trying to outclass them when it comes to strategy or idea generation or outmaneuver them when it comes to product and that product offering either the institution or the individual market, it really is people. It's the only differentiator between success and mediocrity. Talk to me about strategy because that is a big part of being able to take policy implement it through action into a conversion that directly results in a better bottom line. The individuals who can effectively enact strategic decisions are the ones who are truly going to impact the organization's bottom line. We do a lot of talking about strategy, uh, be it in corporate development, corporate strategy, M&A, but none of those ideas will amount to any real impact if the individuals who are responsible for generating the ideas can effectively implement them within their organizations. And when it comes to banking and finance in general, these are fairly tough organizations to navigate. The American American tier one banks have hundreds of thousands of employees. They were put together through an amalgamation of acquisitions and divestitures and other corporate actions over the years and represents a very difficult landscape to move through effectively. So when we're running searches at an executive level, the presence that an individual has to be able to take those ideas and generate groupthink and buy-in from people across an organization, those are the ones who are really going to be uh, the most impactful to the companies that hire them, uh, as well as the individuals who are most prized when it comes to searching for good talent. 
give me top of top of the of your head a case study that actually examples what we're talking about. Absolutely. Uh, you're familiar with the LIBOR transition that's currently taking place. Uh, LIBOR being a standard of rates that most structured products, in fact, all things that come products are in some way tied to, and we're moving off the old LIBOR standard to the new IBOR standard. Uh, every bank has to comply with this, and unlike stress testing, where it is uh, an examination that the Fed and other regulatory buyers require the institution, the LIBOR transition is one that truly needs to occur in order for banks to continue to be market participants. So a LIBOR transition is a technical function that touches and uh, really seeps into every aspect of a large bank's business. It's not just the front office trading organizations, it's the pricing, it's the risk management, it's the settlements, it's the fee generation, it's treasury and funding, and a truly cross-functional role like that is one where the right talent will either allow an organization to continue to trade effectively and to underwrite and originate and structure those products, whereas a person who is less able to tie together the internal parties that impact such a function uh, will leave their bank in a precarious position of possibly being unable to continue on with some of the products that they offer to market. In your industry sector, with what you do, do you find that we're starting to see more diversification into alternative asset um, knowledge? Uh, talking, let's say, bringing in cryptocurrency or bringing in the knowledge of blockchain, how it fits with the with the regular, or I should say, the tried and true classic banking industry. Sure. We I mean, you have two categories of investment management today. You have traditional products and then you have emerging products and emerging markets. When your traditional products, winning at investing really means being on the winning end of a trade where someone else is going to be on the losing end of the trade. Now, you just mentioned some emerging product areas where the landscape is quite different because it isn't a saturated field of competition like U.S. equities, for example. With every U.S. equity trade, there's going to be a winner and a loser on the side of it. And that's why we've moved more heavily towards um, non-human generated investment management ideas there. It's a lot of uh, ETFs. Uh, it's a lot of uh, algorithmic driven trading. Uh, now, when you look at something, for example, cryptocurrency uh, or a good example from uh, some current trends is uh, China Class A shares uh, in the two major Chinese equities markets. Uh, there are very few U.S. firms that have direct access to those China equities markets. So whereas an algorithmic U.S. equities trading firm uh, might be working in a fairly saturated field, when that firm looks to reapply its research and its technical skills to the China equity share market, they are able to generate alpha through ways that you can no longer do in the U.S. market simply because of the saturation. I think the same applies with various cryptocurrencies and even emerging market economies that are making fixed income issuances and more widely trading uh, their foreign currencies. Uh, there's a matter of how many people you're actually playing against and how that allows you to be successful in either a crowded or fairly absent playing field. Do you see the future being more uh, encompassing of, say, security tokens 
uh, and knowledge about how to trade them, how to trade them whether you're using an algorithm or you're actually using it um, using your own mind, the old-fashioned way of seeing a bottom, seeing a top. Because where, where I'm going with this is I'm wondering if the landscape of what you do is going to start morphing into more alternative investments versus the tried-and-true equities, swaps, uh, debt instruments. Well, as I referred to in the beginning of our chat, there are certain areas of the investment market that continue to decline in terms of the overall population of individuals that are participating in there. Right. I think just to generalize it, equity research is one that's becoming more commoditized, both on the sell and the buy side, as we move more towards electronic trading. Uh, that said, I think that the proper investment strategy always blends quantitative science with qualitative reasoning. You can have a wonderful underpinning of quantitative tools that allow you to assess, uh, generate, and explore ideas within the market. Uh, but in most instances, I'm a fairly firm believer that some level of human intervention at some point in that process allows firms to grow uh, in progressive steps that don't get beyond their means and don't over leverage them from an investment strategy. Got it. All right. Uh, I really appreciate you being on the show, Jordan. I, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to come on and, and, and walk us through what you've done. Thank you. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Mine too. All right, you've been watching CEO Money with Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. Don't forget, go to the homepage of WFN1.com. Download our new app. You'll get to see more than what you've seen here today. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining.